the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I once was asked by a small child, why is coral important? And I'm like, okay, let me think about this. Um, Coral, and again, this shows you that I'm good at some things, money and investing. I'm not good at other things, biology and life sciences and things like that. Coral lives underwater. It's a living organism. I think it produces oxygen, and it, it provides a safe place for fish to hide from other fish. And I, I think that was close. And if anyone wants to tell me why coral is important and why we're chlorinating it and the hotter water is bleaching it and it's dying, I, I, I'm not smart enough. But I could use that coral story made up in my head that it protects other animals and provides oxygen into the ocean. Otherwise, we'd have dead oceans, which would equal dead fish. And I could try to stretch that into millennials. And they're leaving expensive cities. Now, I know you see the image of girls on HBO, and you're like, people who are 18 to 35 are stupid, and they move to New York City, and they spend mom and dad's money. They're not. They're big spenders. They are the future of our economy. They're going to be paying the taxes that pay for your Social Security. We need them. Um, millennials account for the largest share of out-migration at 51.1%, and they've had the highest move-away rate relative to expectation at 105%. They're moving away from the biggest and often most expensive cities. Now, again, you're saying, why do I care? It's, why do you care about coral? Because it keeps everyone happy and healthy. The little small fish, the big fish, the medium fish, they're all happy. They all kind of co- cohabitate and coexist. Um, they need each other. So millennials, you know, they'll move to San Francisco a booming tech hub, and then they'll get there, and they'll go, holy mackerel, it's so expensive. Not only do I have to live in a closet, but I have to eat ramen noodles. Nothing wrong with ramen noodles. 
They, they, they supported me during my college days many a times. Um, but at some point in time, the lofty housing costs pushed them out. The top 10 cities in the United States where we're seeing millennials leave at just stunningly fast rates. Silver Spring, Maryland, Orange County, Oakland, California, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., L.A., San Jose, San Diego, San Francisco. So the number of, of families or the number of households that are millennial in, for instance, San Francisco sits at 27%, but they're leaving. They're going to Portland. They're going to Seattle. They're going to Denver. They're going to other markets that are mid-sized markets that are more affordable. So to me, the millennials leaving story is very much so the coral story. Because for a small fish, a teeny tiny little fish to become a bigger fish, it has to eat a fish, right? Um, so for the home and real estate market, who's going to buy your home when, you, when the boomer leaves? The Generation Xer. Who's going to buy the Generation Xer's home when the boomer dies? Not the millennial. They don't, they don't live there anymore. So it's no longer healthy. In fact, it's toxic. So picking up a book, one of the you know, greatest books you'd probably pick up on is you know, the natural selection type of books, the biology books, if you want to become a better investor. Um, any sort of book that brings up ecology, because if you start thinking of ecology and you see like Apple, they're the king of the mobile phone. We could probably say Microsoft and Intel is the king of the desktop. When desktop usages started seeing migration, people were saying, you know what? I'm migrating away from this big city. I'm going to go to a mobile phone. What happened to Intel and Microsoft? Their stocks got crushed. So the mobile phone, the high-end computing experience that is Apple. What happens when people start migrating away and say, you know what? I don't have $600 to spend, especially since it just dropped the damn thing in the toilet. I'm going to go with a Google phone for a couple of years because it's cheaper. Or I'm going to go with Samsung. Oh, I feel bad for people who have Samsungs. I look down on them. When I'm at the gym, I get out my English. Ooh, you poor citizen. You have a Samsung. Um, status symbol. Super high end. But what happens when the super high end people migrate away from it? Uh, there's a great book out there, and I don't even know if it's sold anymore. Last time I tried to get it on Amazon, it was pretty sold out. And I've got one copy that I cherish. Um, I know you're saying you cherish a book. Thou shalt not cherish false idols. I probably am breaking some sort of religious standard by cherishing a book, right? Called Death of Competition. And I'm jumping online right now at Amazon.com to see uh, James Moore. Yeah, there's, it's 18.99. It's not bad. There's also you can get the penny version. <laughs> Don't you love this when you go to? Amazon.com, and there's a book that you can get for a penny, but the shipping's like $19. You're like, yeah, you're killing me. So if I were to say there's one book that you should read that sums up everything that you're going to need to know to be smarter than the average person in real estate, smarter than the average person in stocks, it's The Death of Competition. And it's written by a guy named James Moore. And he even writes some articles. He's still around. Um, he writes for a lot of the uh, kind of managerial type books and basically says you know using biological ecological uh biological ecology as a metaphor it reveals the business environment parallels and some of the ecosystems and how you need them to survive and work together um 
again, when you take a look at how Walmart worked their business model versus how Kmart worked their business model, two very different ways that led to success and failure. Uh, Kmart could have been the king of the world, but Kmart said, you know what? We're going to focus on New York, Chicago, and L.A., whereas Walmart said, we're going to go everywhere that they're not. We're not going to go for the big cities. We're going to go for every other city. And guess what? There's a lot more other cities and people in those cities than there are in the big cities, which still freaks people out because, like, in our presidential election cycle that we're in, people will look at it and go, um, why would anyone vote for that person? Why would anyone vote for that person? Because this is a big damn country. And that's what Walmart figured out. And then Walmart also started using computer data before other people started using computer data. And what they did was they put a warehouse in the middle of six Walmart stores. And that warehouse would be kind of a spoken hub where the logistics never got smarter at Kmart. And that's why Kmart ultimately fails. And that's why Kmart didn't catch on and sweep across America as well as Walmart did. But also Walmart started figuring out you know, Rob comes into the store, or so, I've never been in a Walmart. I've been in a Walmart in Hawaii. So, and if you ever find me in a Walmart in California, I'll give you $10,000. Still standing off of Radio Shack, which for the record, I sneaked into a Radio Shack just to see if anyone would, would win that $10,000. Didn't happen. Okay, so where am I going at with this? The death of competition, leadership, and strategy in the age of business ecosystems. The chapters are pretty readable. They're typically five to six pages, but it, do, it does a study. It compares and contrasts. Um, Success and Failure. It's written by James Moore, not Gordon Moore. Gordon Moore wrote some pretty stupid books in the late 90s, early 2000s on crossing the chasm and stuff like that, um, which how did tech companies become super big? How do they go from just a niche to something bigger? But The Death of Competition, I highly, highly recommend. Uh, if you want one business book from me, that's a good one to start with. You got yourself a little Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I want people to get to retirement. It's a really big thing for me. And I want you to know that there's risks in the road to retirement. Um, I'm always happiest. I got an email from someone who uh, they had basically half a million dollars in two separate 401ks. And then they had a million dollars in cash. Um, basically about with Social Security and with a pension, about 70000 75000 covered. And all they needed for the other you know, budget of 100, 110000 a month. 110,000 a year, 
That's a little bit different. It was about a, a, a 3% draw rate, which was pretty doable. Um, and I, I love telling people, like, you can live the retirement that you want. I'm pretty happy to tell you that. And there'll still be money left over. So one of the areas that I think people get in way over their head is real estate. And it drives me crazy because the people that tend to push real estate, like people who push Dallas real estate, do you want to know the truth about Dallas? It stinks. Go there. It's nothing but land. And if you've learned anything from your teeny tiny understandings of real estate, land is kind of important. So as far as they're not making it anymore, well, they actually are making more land. It's just you're not realizing it. Sometimes it's a military base that gets shut down that suddenly turned into land, uh, homes. Sometimes it's uh, a highway that gets broken down so they can put more homes there. They are making more land. It's just not the way you think of it because you have this concept of God, and God said to the people, I make land. Uh, do you remember the game Populous? An awesome video game from uh, my youth where you basically became a god and you, you had little people follow you and you got to like make mountains and stuff. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm dropping it, but... I don't want people. I don't want people to get in mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes they get into is these very expensive real estate. And the person that sells it to them makes their money. And the person that gets them the loan makes their money. And that's fine. I understand there's a cost of doing business, but I don't want people to lose their life savings. I don't want people to not retire because you're making you know a six thousand dollar commission. So one of the biggest mistakes average people make. Not even just yeah average. Keep in mind, this is a classic story. I've got a friend who, her dad, in his 50s, decides, I'm going to take out a second mortgage and buy a home. And then he takes out more money and buys another home. And then takes out more money and buys another home. And it's looking really good. He's got four barrier properties rolling. And the housing crisis hits in 2006, and all four of them get foreclosed. And he was in his 50s. He just caught the real estate bug, and he lost everything. To make matters worse, his wife had a stroke, and she was a big woman. So it, it's try to lose some weight in retirement because when you have a stroke and you're big, people have to lift you and put you on a toilet. People have to lift you and put you in a bed. And when you you're basically can't walk, you just basically sit on the couch and start watching television. You get bigger. You may think that's cute to carry that extra weight around. I think it is a drag on the people who are going to have to push you around later in life and literally lift you. So anyway, my friend, she's in her 30s. She sees her dad lose everything, right? But she's a millennial. Um, she recently got pregnant because her biological clock is ticking. And she's going to learn that the barrier is very expensive to have a kid. So not only is it an expensive place to live, it's a very expensive place to have a kid. And I just try to warn people a little bit. Like, making the leap from renting to buying is thrilling, and it's liberating. Um, it's part of the American dream, and it's you feel like an adult when you own a home, right? But it's a long-term commitment that requires a really strong financial standing. You might be getting into trouble if you have a low credit score. Because if you have a low credit score, it probably means that somewhere in the past you had a financial commitment that you weren't able to honor. So I like the website Credit Karma. 
Um, I think they do a really, really nice job of showing you your credit score and your credit report and your flaws in your credit. The higher your score, the better the interest rate on your mortgage. So I'm teaching you how to be rich, is have a low credit score. If you have a credit card in your teens, I think that's insane, but it's great because it builds credit. But it's insane because you don't really have a lot of maturity in your teens. My very first day of college, was like 18. I remember like, wow, I'm on my own. And I'm out late walking down a hallway. And, you know, from about 100 yards, uh, 70 yards away, I, I see someone squatting at the end of the hallway. I'm like, what's happened? That person looks pretty drunk kind of thing. But as I got closer, I noticed poop hanging out of their butt. They were so drunk, they were pooping in the hallway. And I was like, welcome to college. People aren't very mature. That person shouldn't have a credit card. I, I know you're saying that's not the litmus test most people want, but that's the litmus test that I have. So low credit score means you've gotten into trouble in the past. And it, it, it's just a warning sign to me. Be careful before buying a home. You're going to have 30 years making payments, which means you're not going to be able to take a year off to play Xbox. When you're renting, you can do that. You can you know, go deliver pizzas at night, go to be a Lyft driver or whatever, and play Xbox all day long. Can't do that when you own a home. You have to direct more than 30% of your income towards your monthly payments. It tells me that you're starting to get stretched. So if you're at 35 38%, you're probably going to fail. You're probably not going to be set up for either an emergency or saving enough for retirement. Because 30% of your income going to pay your mortgage, let's not forget the state of California takes 10% roughly in sales ta- in income tax, roughly 10% in sales tax. Federal government takes 25. So right there you're at 45% and 30% is going to your monthly mortgage. You're at 75% before you have any food and clothes and car. Good luck making that work. Uh, you may not be able to afford a home if you don't have an emergency account. I hate my emergency account. It's roughly $75,000 just sitting there doing nothing. It's not in Amazon.com, which was up 50% in the last six months. I wish it were, but it's not. It's there for an emergency. It's not there for my new TV. I want a new TV. I want a new soundbar. I want a new car. I want a new, like, it's an emergency fund. If you can't put 10% down on a home, don't buy a home. It just tells me that you're not financially strong yet. Again, if you get away with putting 3% down, that's fine. But if you can't scrap up enough money to put 10% down, you shouldn't be doing playing that game. Don't buy a home if you plan on moving the next five years. You're not going to recoup your buying and selling costs. If you do, you're lucky, and you don't want luck to be tied towards your financial fortune. Luck should be tied to a lady. Luck should be tied to Vegas. And when you're up 1000 in Vegas, walk away. If nothing else, go up to your room and put half the money in the safe. Get it away from the table. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
sometimes I like the music just to play. As long as I can. They start getting that legal. Uh oh, we're going to have to pay them for this. Anyhow, talking about everything we can to try to get you a little bit more prepped and ready for retirement. That's the goal on this show. If there's anything you ever want me to talk about, let me know and I'll do it. Um, someone asked me to talk a little bit more about like financial terms. And I can do that. But I want to like really think about that before I, I do. Because trying to teach you about P.E. ratios, that's just one component of studying financial statements that are quite honestly, um, you know, pretty complex. And I hate the shows that, you know, hey, give me a call and I'll, I'll tell you about the stock. Um, the dummy indicator indicates the stock has a 14% chance of going up. I just don't think that's fair to consumers to, like, try to make it that kind of simple. When you're younger, I want you to save as much as you can. When you're older, I want you to save as much as you can. You need to get to 10 to 20 times your salary. But then again, if you're, you know, if you're like me, you can break a budget fast. You need 20 times. If you're conservative, you may need eight. Uh, but I find that a lot of people, cognitively speaking, they're their own worst enemies. Um, because they think they're one thing and they're actually another. So stocks, I think, can get kind of emotionally driven. Is that fair to say? Um there's a lot of no-load options. And 20, 25 years ago, the way a stockbroker would make money would be he'd call you up and he'd say, Jim, I think it's a really good idea for you to open a mutual fund. And I'm going to recommend uh, three mutual funds to you. And uh, you can let me know what you think, okay? And you'd get the mutual fund prospectuses, and like the American funds, and you don't know what a sales load is. A sales load, you're like, woo, what's that? Cost to buy the fund. So out of your $100, if it's 5.5%, you only invest $94.50. So the American funds have really high loads. They're good funds after you pay the load, or they're good funds if you're using an institution and, and waiving the load. But most people can't read that kind of stuff. Can't quite figure that out. But if I were to tell you there's low-cost no-load funds out there. Uh, what Vanguard has done for the index fund and the ETF is they've lowered the cost to sometimes as little as 20 cents for every $100 that you invest. You're going to have to pay something. It costs money to put your name on a piece of paper and send you a bill. It costs money to buy and sell shares of stocks. Not much. Um, but index funds are the way to go. Robo-advisors aren't quite good enough yet. They could be a great way to accumulate wealth if you kind of dumb into it and you kind of figure out that it's not perfect. It can be a great way to accumulate wealth. But one thing that robo-advisors are missing is California is a lot more expensive than Oregon. Um, California, San Francisco, the coastal California is a lot more expensive than Central. Um, same Coca-Cola, two different locations. It could be a difference of two bucks, buck fifty a buck. Um, depending on how you shop and such. So robo-advisors can't take that into account. They can't take into account that pre, pre-kindergarten, maybe as much as 
$800 a month. You're like, pre-pre-kindergarten is $800 a month? <clears throat> it comes down to it's basically daycare, right? So now you're starting to do $200 a week or $200 a day and how many hours are you getting, not getting, things like that. $200 a week, $800 a month. Um, trying to keep it all straight in my head. So $200 a week, you know, four days at 50 bucks. Yeah, childcare is not cheap. So having a baby on the on the peninsula ain't cheap. Uh, and that's different because, like, if you go to Arkansas, you could probably get childcare for 10 bucks. A lot cheaper. A home there doesn't cost a million dollars. A home there costs $100,000, $120,000. So just throwing it out there for you. Um, I think cognitively speaking, people make a lot of big bias mistakes in their portfolios. People are overconfident. Overconfident. They suffer from overconfidence. That's the right way of saying that. I'm finding that my grammar is getting worse as I get older. It's like I need a refresher 12th grade grammar class. Um, I think that's just being honest. So we're overconfident and we have loss aversion. Uh, I don't have either. I'm, I don't think I'm smarter than you. I think I work harder than you. I don't want to ever get overconfident. You'll hear a lot of people in radio and television present overconfidence as kind of a sales point. You know, do you have a plan in a good market? Do you have a plan in a down market? I do. Even though this guy had a mutual fund that lasted less than a year because he didn't really have a plan. I get it. I get it. Um, his performance in that mutual fund and not necessarily the cost of the mutual fund is what showed me he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But he projects overconfidence. And the other one on it is loss aversion. Uh, I've got a, a pretty hardcore financial app that ties all of my software together, uh, ties all my finances together, credit cards, banks, uh, credit scores, everything. I could even store like a will or a trust in this app if need be. And sometimes I'll be at lunch and I'll be like, whew, holy mackerel, the market's getting killed. I just lost $340,000 in value today. I'm like, whew. That's like a lifetime of earnings if I lived in Peru. Gone, just like that, in one day, by lunch. Um, but you know what? To make money, you got to expose money to risk. And trust me, I didn't turn zero into $340,000. It wasn't magically created and magically went away. I'll be okay. I have no, no problem losing money. Um, on paper, I don't want to lose money in real. So I need to make sure that I'm pretty well funded and that I can write out any of the negatives. I am always tempted. What was it what Jimmy Carter once said? That he had lust in his heart for Cheryl Teagues? He probably shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> having a wife and having an American public. But, yeah, I'll take a look at a supermodel and go, that'd be nice. Or, you know, that'd be a lot of fun. Um... But that's where you have to stop it. In investing, you could do the same exact thing where you're like, um, you just absolutely fall in love with a small cap concept. Small cap companies have more upside. A small cap company could be the next Amazon. A small cap company could be the next Facebook. And you kind of get this like, that'd be fun. And, you know, I, I, I think you should invest small cap, mid cap, large cap, international, and some sort of income. Um 
Russell 1000 it contains the 1000's largest US stocks. It's beaten the Russell 2000 by nearly 5 percentage points per year. Um, so as of recently in the past 5 years, small cap stocks are getting getting spanked. Large cap companies are doing better. So that tells you at some point in time last year's loser oil is this year's winner oil. Same thing is going to happen with small cap stocks. You can be like, I'll take that outperformance. I want that outperformance. I need that outperformance. But what you need to do is maintain diversity. And you need to make sure that you're not making a mistake. Uh, The two biggest mistakes that people sometimes will make with portfolios is they'll look out and they'll not understand what's in the portfolio. So some mutual funds that are small cap in name only, they actually invest heavily in larger companies. You're getting something that's kind of like a style drift. Um, so it's, it's it's not marked as it is, so to speak. When picking individual small stocks, a lot of investors often fail to take you know quality into account. Um, there's some great small cap companies like American Eagle, Cracker Barrel, Owens and Miner, CSG Systems, but there's some awful ones as well. And uh, I don't think you should do pick small cap companies. I think small cap companies are much tougher to produce a winner than large cap companies. If I were to tell you, like, you know, Nike versus Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is one of those restaurants that you almost have to get out of the big cities. And you have to kind of, like, go through a city that, you're like, wonder, wonder what people do here. I just saw, like, um, car, yeah, what, what's a car graveyard? A junkyard. I just drove through like a car junkyard, and that seems to be the number one business. Oh, look, a Cracker Barrel. Um, look, the waitress has three teeth. Lovely. It's a lot tougher predicting success or failure of Cracker Barrel in the long term than it is picking Nike. Now, Nike, you're going to have to pay for that a premium. Everyone knows Nike and Disney are wonderful companies. Everyone. It's not a secret. If you ever know anyone who's ever worked at Disney, they're they're tough on their employees. Uh, one of my friends who worked at Disney was like, it was like the hookup haven of, of the world because they were so fastidious making sure the employees didn't show skin or tattoos or facial hair. And like they're like, hey, we need to bust out and make out with whatever we can make out with. Um, but yeah, you, when you have a Disney or a Nike or something that's obvious like a General Electric or a, a Wells Fargo who does a lot of mortgages in the United States – uh, Home Depot. Uh, you know who's going to win from Sears? Sears is shutting down pretty much across the United States. Who is going to win? Lowe's. Not Home Depot. Lowe's is thought to be the consumer appliance winner out of that. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Let me know what's on your mind. Find me at Rob at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Gave a pointing at 17 past midnight. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
the money. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. If you have questions, call me, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'll do the best I can not to make you feel too bad. But if I make you feel bad, it's because you're doing something stupid. And I'll try not to make it all about you. I'll try to say, hey, a lot of people are doing that. And, you know, let's fix this. Let's, like, get on the right path. Um, I don't know if I'm right or wrong in my approach all the time. But... I promise I think tough love is good love. Some people can save a lot more money for retirement with less effort. Some people have to put a lot of effort into it. Um, There's things that you can say out there like, hey, stop a cup of coffee. $15 a day will turn into, I I know. And, like, that's the worst way of, of teaching people, in my opinion. But you have to make a decision on, like, how big of an important issue is this for you. So your savings rate is the single biggest factor that determines whether you're not going to build wealth or not. Your savings rate. Um, a lot of people save 5 10% of their take-home. Some people are able to save 60 70%. You know, I'm embarrassed to say that in my 20s that I probably didn't need some of those vacations. Sometimes I was trying to impress a woman that I didn't ultimately end up marrying. So maybe a good investment advice would be um, try to impress the woman that you marry. Don't try to impress all the women that you meet and come across. It's not going to work out well for you. There's a knee-jerk reaction that people have when you start talking about saving. And a lot of people will say, I can't afford to do that right now, or I'll catch up later. And both of those are wrong. You have to do it now. It's not whether you can afford or not. You have to. And the idea that you're going to catch up later means you're going to try to take on more risk later. And that's not good. I'd be really, really cautious with stocks that you want to buy. Um, I'd be really, really cautious with, you know, college degrees. I think people should think about their financial decisions more so than they do. I've got a car that the transmission started to slip three months ago, and I took it in to take a look at it, and uh, they said it's going to be $6,000. And I'm like, not worth it. Too many other things in the car that are going to go bad. But I'm still driving it around a car that slips a little bit. It's kind of funny because, you know, I've changed my driving habits. I can't gun the gun it. You know, if you pull up next to me at a stoplight, I'm not going to go, because I'll blow my engine as the transmission's getting ready to shift. So on the highway, it's fine. But when you get on Embarcadero or you get on the side streets, you watch the tachometer go from 2,000 to 4,000. You take your foot off the gas before it goes to 5,000. And then it catches and you go squeal out. And like, no, it's not a squeal out cool kind of car. If it were a Ford Mustang, a 69 race Mustang, it's probably one of my favorite cars to think about. 69 racing Mustang. I dated a girl in high school who had a 69 racing Mustang. How cool is that? Um, and, I didn't. So I know you're saying, not much of a car guy, are you? I'm not much of a car guy. But what I'm doing with my current car is it has no resale value. It needs a $6,000 repair. I'm bleeding out of it what I can bleed out of it. And then I'll trade it in or do something. Um, but every month, I haven't had a car payment in over 10 years. And that that's a savings payment to myself. 
So just throwing it out there for you. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Jerry Maguire. Remember Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Um, I'd be very cautious because anytime I hear show me the money, it's typically tied towards someone like a Tony Robbins who's trying to motivate you into giving him $400 so he can motivate you to save money that you shouldn't have given him. Just save the money. But you'll hear motivational people that you show me the money as a way to inspire you. I'll use it as a drop on radio because it's a funny drop. Show me the money! Actors and athletes are different. What if you can plan on only a couple years' worth of, you know, headed home runs? Athletes, you know, they last three years in the NFL, and then they're done. Many, many, many of them go into bankruptcy because they start off with a posse. And they start off with people that they pay. And that gets expensive. So be careful on the people who teach life lessons and people who teach, you know, um, coaching. Because usually, more often than not, they don't have a license. The license that I like the most is a certified financial planner. Um, just throwing it out there for you. And again, just trying to be honest. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Facebook is one of those companies that I think we should talk more about in the future. Um, as eyeballs are moving from TV... Sometimes they're moving to Netflix for sure. Um, I'm thinking about watching House of Cards. I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking about it. And when I do, I could watch it on my phone. I could watch it on my iPad. I could watch like there's. It doesn't have to be on TV. Um, I check Facebook probably three times a day. I'm not on TV three times a day. I continue to think about how businesses shift. I think that's been a little bit of a theme this hour. You know. Ecologically speaking, when the desktop shifted to the mobile phone, it was devastating for the players. Facebook's the winner in the way it's shifting right now, as far as eyeballs go, which eyeballs equal advertisers. I'm Rob Black talking money investing more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.